guys ever actually eaten from that bag of peanuts that's uh, been in that corner the whole time? Oh, uh, that is <laughs> such a great fact. Get excited. Not not the same bag of peanuts at all. That is for the birds, and they mm. eat a lot of peanuts. That's nice. I've had a long campaign to try and make friends with the crows here. It hasn't gone very well. There was one actually outside as I walked up today. I heard mm-hmm. them. Oh, it might be my noisy bastard man who's yes, come around here right. recently. You're demanding peanuts. Man. Hello. How do you name them? And this so, is some progress. There's just one who's man. really annoying recently, so I know that one. That's what you get. You're trying to make friends with crows. You're gonna make friends with the obnoxious ones That's first. That's true. Hey, what works works. You, you've made some pretty good crow calls, though. I've been sitting in my room, and I, you're like, "Oh, it's a crow outside," and then I just see you putting out peanuts. I'm like, no. Nope. <laughs> That's, if it's coming from roughly ground level, that's probably me. <laughs> it's the only way to know for sure. Befriend the crows because one day they will rule over us all. Uh-huh. Or they'll bring you pretty stuff. Or that. They mm-hmm. like, they like more shiny that. things. And they it like sharing shiny things. But yeah. The opposable thumbs is going to be a problem. I'm going to tell you also as an avid bird lover, sometimes that life is very hard when your main hand is also your face. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're in their stone age now, so feudalism is really just right around the corner. <laughs> and welcome back to the seventh star to the right podcast. This is the, a metadimensional episode. Yes, yeah, so it in doesn't fact, even get a number. The thir- Well, it's the third metadimensional episode. Okay, a different number. Than so I that. have it in my notes as metadimensional episode number three. My bad. I'm sorry. Metadimensional so, episode number three. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. didn't really start off, start off on a good foot there. Yeah, no, this is the, this third, is the third, third one, one we've done. The first huh. one we just like kind of sat there and discussed amongst ourselves. And then the second one we asked the internet. Wild. I believe you. Okay. Yeah. I, the first one was probably about two years ago at this point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You're old. <laughs> not us, though. We'll live forever. I, I'm the second youngest person here. <laughs> I know. That's why I said it. <laughs> it's, not, it's not funny. It's mean. <laughs> so we did get a couple of questions, uh, a couple of people sending in, send in uh, emails to uh, starpodcast.gmail.com. That's the number seven, T-H-S-T-A-R podcast at gmail.com. I didn't get the other one. If you send if you sent questions to the other one, I told you I wasn't going to get it. I got I, it. I, oh, you got it. <laughs> yeah. Really? We're never seeing those. <laughs> <laughs> Only Alex will know. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. So because we got two, I'm, we're going to go through those. But I think Kirsten and myself, we also put together a couple of questions as well. So we'll go through all those questions. We'll talk about... You know, stuff and things things. like how we work on this podcast, but also what we think is kind of happening in the story and what how the people are generally doing with them. I'm sure (laughs) Nona has a lot to say about. Excuse you, Nona is currently dead right now, so she has nothing to say. Yeah. Also, just quick, uh, (laughs) quick uh, spoiler alert. This will come out, I think, after Nona's death. Yeah, after (laughs) Nona's death. Permanent. after Kirsten has made a new character. I think I think mm-hmm. it's either 70 or 71. I can't remember which one it is. Um, but this this episode will come out alongside of it. So hopefully, if you're up to date and you're not listening to things out of order, we shouldn't have spoiled something for you right there. <laughs> what I but, said was a joke. <laughs> yeah. Nona has just died. That's mm, that's basically where we've left off. And that's everything that everyone here knows. Um, Let's so, not even get to Argos. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> Man. <laughs> I didn't I didn't expect that villain turn at the end. Well, you know, he was always he was a bad those boy. You got to give yeah. the dog shifty eyes so the people know he did it. Yeah, yeah. 
So we got a couple of questions in, and I, I love the fact that both of them have given me um, little uh, monikers to, to write for them. I assume that they both have 37 there in their name, so I think they're related to one another or married, probably. <laughs> Fair enough. I'd like to, I'd not, like to imagine. Let's not go dragging our few fans' I'm personal sorry. lives into I'm sorry. this, Jeff. I'm not going to. Maybe uh, they just both like the same maybe, number. Maybe they Can't do like the same way. number. Given that you both have 37 in your name, you're probably married for like five years. Not three kids. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to assume. <laughs> your angel number is 37. <laughs> So we got, we, so tentative Tony lover has sent in questions again, but not as tentative Tony lover. Um, this time as twerking torque 37. Again, Jeff, you're ruining the anonymity of the internet. I'm sorry. How do you know? It's not the same person I, I, just because there's so many T's. Because I looked at the email address. No, but, Jeff. <laughs> all right. No, you didn't. Okay. <laughs> cool. All right. So um, they sent in uh, several questions and then also several non-questions which we'll go into which are just kind of statements that i i love them all so much so i'm going to say them out, out loud as well um so we'll go right down the list i've also sent these questions to you guys as well if you want to to read along you at not, home not you at home you at home have to listen <laughs> my least favorite thing says the audio podcast listener. you in the car eyes on the road <laughs> come on what are you doing so from Twerking Torque 37, the first question is, I feel like Nona has so much going on that I don't understand. What's her processing power thing? Is that the same as split focus thing? You don't have the opportunity to use your abilities yeah, too so often. Really that was fast, Jeff. That um, was Jeff speaking. That wasn't part of the question. <laughs> no, for, yeah. That last Twerking Torque 37, just want to say same. I also know that Nona has a lot going on that I don't understand. I'm incredibly aware of the fact that I'm pretty sure I'm the one who knows this game the least well, um, although I've gotten a lot better at it at this point. But yes, yeah, so basically, um, you've probably heard Philip use Micah's effort. Processing power is roughly the robot equivalent of that, although you get it different ways, which I just learned two episodes ago. <laughs> I was sitting there passively leveling up and waiting for that number to go up like, you know, it does in D&D and other places. But it turns out, no, I'm a robot. And so therefore you have to go buy more somewhere. Um, so we'll be figuring that out later. But basically, I have access to a certain number of points that I can allocate towards using AI powers. Um, unfortunately, I have a grand total of two processing power points, and one of those may, must stay committed at all times in order for my shell to function properly. Otherwise, I take a penalty to uh, both strength and dexterity, I believe, and maybe even constitution. Not sure. But anyway, it gets real bad in there. So basically, I have a grand total of one point per day to do things like super hack stuff, or I think split focus might just be for the scene, so I get it back, which is why I use that one a lot. Mm -hmm. But also, I'm definitely one of those people who, like, you get a resource that you don't have many of in a video game, and so you just hoard it all the way through the end, and you're at the final boss, and you're like, but what if there's something else later? So that's roughly how I've been acting with my processing power, which is why it doesn't happen all that much. Great news, though. Next time we level up, I will be getting a power that I intend to use my processing power on a lot more, which is learn stuff. And I think it, the the phrasing of the power, I forget the name of it, but it's just you ask a question and the GM has to answer it truthfully. You don't get to know how you would have learned this information but you just kind of rain 
was it Rain Man? I, I think it, they or, said Sherlock Holmes esque. Oh, yeah. Or something it. like that. But like, I will be getting major deduction powers and be able to figure out so many things. And so we will be spending our one processing power on that, most likely repeatedly. And a lot of the time. And don't worry, listeners, we're going to crack this whole very confusing robot mystery wide open. Yeah, there's also several other abilities that are kind of um, specific to to true AI characters. Obviously, they are more their core than they are the shell. Hmm. So like as you were referring to, there's a shell that you have selected, which is a synth, which is basically makes you look like a human. Yeah, I broke it. Yeah. And um, there's rules around breaking the shell, but not breaking the core, how the core would break under certain circumstances. You can set up a self-destruct sequence, as we've talked about, where if your shell is ever disabled for some reason, your core automatically gets destroyed. So... Yep. You got a whole lot of bits and bobs that only come up when known as kind of like in mortal danger. <laughs> it's true. But yes, so that's that's what that all is about. And yes, I beg you, hold on and learn with me as we go all of the things robots can do. <laughs> yeah, on the whole, I don't think we're very good at explaining the game <laughs> as part of there. it. So it's a, it's a good system. I'm really enjoying it. Um, general, just kind of rule of thumb is if we say effort or system strain or something that sounds bad, um, it's a number that we have to keep below a certain amount um, and it gets reset at various points. But like, you know, or, again, we're, we're not very good at explaining yeah. the game. Mm-hmm. Or when we're talking about uh, HP, you want to keep that above a certain point. <laughs> Yeah, well, one would hope. One would hope <laughs> that, that point that is actually point was... that point is a lot lower lower than you think it is. Um, the only one that matters is the last one. Um, but yes, also I will take this moment to call out that I was particularly mean because when we started this, I was like, I know nothing about this game, Jeff. I want to be a special snowflake character. Help me custom build something that's roughly like this this one character in this TV show that I like a lot. Okay, go. And so we kind of did that together, and I think it turned out well, and I thank Jeff for it, and I'm happy to be playing a robot. It's data, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, all right. Cool. I just want to make sure I, I, oh, I yeah. knew which, which, which robot I was going to. I was going to let the people at home guess, but yeah. It's, it's data. Sorry. It's data. So the from next- Star Trek. Star Trek. Yes, yes, from Star Trek. From Star Trek. In case there's more data. The bestest boy. Uh, from the, the next more question from Twerking Torque is Alex's accent. Mm-hmm. Are there three different languages or is it just a a regional thing? And then a follow-up question is, and when slash if we meet the rest of his family, Jeff is going to do the same accent, yes? Ideally. Yeah, that was the plan. We talked about it at first. Um, I like accents. I find them really fun. And I think that helps to differentiate when Alex is speaking and when I'm speaking, um, which is not the same. So, yeah, uh, his family, the Canes, are like old money, but I don't have a good uh, received pronunciation or like any kind of British thing. Um, and German, I was just kind of starting to pick up when we started the podcast. So that was the voice that I decided to go for with Alex. And I was honestly expecting a little bit more voice differentiation given that there are no numbers to these stars. So there'd be a lot of them. Um, <laughs> turns out, no, no, everybody kind of has their, their pretty solid, they're pretty solid common. Like everybody has a really good grip on it. It's just sometimes they're down here. 
<laughs> I, I have I have three voice modes. I have Jeff, I have Bear, and I have Goblin. Goblin. Oh, and I also have Jeff, but in a higher register, <laughs> pretending to be a little girl. What a coincidence that those are the three types. <laughs> but yes, we, we, we actually talked about this. We did meet Alex's family, one family member, actually two family members, because we also heard his mother over the radio. Yeah, that's and, right. Uh, David and I talked about this. The men in the family have that particular accent. <laughs> yeah, I don't, we can talk about that. Why? But it's genetic. It's only on the Y chromosome. It'd, so it'd be too difficult for me to b- do both a a woman's voice, but then also the accent at the same time. I need to it's focus on one things. or the other. The in-game thing is that Alex was mostly raised around Hunter Kane, his father, mm-hmm. um, whereas Winona was mostly in charge of Natalia. Um, so they have their accents and then, you know, Hunter Kane was raised with his family. So his accent is there and Alex got that one and Nat does not have it. Um, and and the third child is to be determined. (laughs) (laughs) And the two sides of the family, they rarely spoke. Well, (laughs) yeah. So we'll obviously go into that a little bit more during the actual, uh, episodes. Yeah. That anyway. Um, and then the next question is, was, <laughs> was the number that Micah rolled the number of pies that she ate at the contest? Cause if so, wow. I think that's kind the, of this yeah. is completely up to me. And yeah. I was intending it for it to be that amount. Yeah, I think I, you ate like eight pies. Granted, I was, they're like, they're like the individual portion pies. I wasn't thinking like the whole pie pan. I was thinking like one of the smaller ones, but Jeff, still don't take back the glory now. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah. So I'd, full of pie. I'd like to thank my parents. <laughs> I'd like to thank this pie. And Shout out to Chef Pieman in the back. <laughs> Pieman. And number four, are there other sentient species beside Ursum Torque AI and humans? And this is a question really just for me. So when I originally put this all together a couple of years back, it was, I wanted to do something in space. And then I was like, I want there to be some kind of creatures other than humans. Um, Cause stars of that number can be played kind of just, it's the human empire that kind of expanded. Mm-hmm. Um, they have some modules that kind of say like, if you wanted to create like other things, this is how you would kind of do it. So off of that, I, I created like the Ursum and the Torque. The intention is that there could be way more out there. I think the biggest thing is the the folks that we were following around, Nona, Micah, and Alex, they actually wouldn't know. The area of space that they're currently in, I think we've called it the um, the Tiger Head Cluster. I think we've called that it that before. Um, there are other clusters out there, groups of um, systems that are closer together that only require a level one spike drive to get in, in between. Um, but to get to the Tigerhead cluster and any of the other clusters requires at least a two level two level spike drive, which is not something that the team has, has come across. So information and knowledge of what is outside of the cluster of systems that you guys currently are in is really sparse. So there could be. And I will say I enjoy, like very clearly, I enjoy creating weird things to, to show off and then also weird voices to go with them. So Except only three of them. <laughs> <laughs> so if the if the the Phoenix fam ever goes past 
and outside of the tiger head cluster i am intending to create more um but right now there's nothing hugely planned i have some ideas and thoughts based off of comments that uh the the players have some kind sometimes made at the table particularly ones that are like i want ones that are maybe are not anthropomorphic like yeah that's fine but it's also a lot easier to think about how everyone having two legs and two arms kind of works in a society jeff i want one that's gaseous please Oh no, that's <laughs> that could be so many weird things. Gaseous aliens. <laughs> like humans breathing in the gaseous aliens and then something weird. It's weird's a crime punishable by death, yes. <laughs> yes, of course. You I don't have to hold in. your breath around them. <laughs> I really want one that has like spider legs and like zoomable eyes. <laughs> I, I think that'd be so really much. cool if have I was... got good news for you. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I, I the do want side quests that never were. <laughs> I do want to add in more, um, but in this part of the, the um the 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 sector, there's really just Ursum humans and, and torques. I in true AI as well, but true AI we're most all people, in hiding. Most people don't even know that true AI even exists. One of us is a space station. Yeah. Moving on to the next question. Are there visual representations of your characters somewhere? And in, in parentheses, I guess the natural corollary to this question is if yes, whether we could somehow see them, but I hesitate to disrupt the purity of the audio medium. So I don't want to ask right outright <laughs> ask for that. So the only, uh, yes, we do. <laughs> the, the only, I think we've talked about this way, way, way back. Um, I think it was the first time we actually used those pawns. We haven't really talked about them afterwards was um before i think the warehouse fight yeah with rock angel chris um yes, catching on. I, used, <laughs> I used his name um and so we have hero forge kind of portraits of them um <laughs> i have your email so i will send them to you directly in response oh, wow. to this so you can look and see Behold. What, behold what our imagination has wrought. <laughs> um, if anyone else wants to know, it, send a, an email and I, I'll get back to you. I don't have, we don't have Twitter. Um, <laughs> no. Nor a subreddit. And I don't really necessarily intend <laughs> no. on getting one. <laughs> Thinking about it, mostly just to occasionally, you know, interact with people a little bit more. But I also have a full-time day job and other things that I'd like to do with my life. So... And, uh, then my email. We have an email. Email you, you can hit the email if you want to reach out to us. Um, one thing I I will just call out. The reason why I'm laughing is actually twofold. One of them is because we definitely did buy these minis a long time ago, and then Jeff and myself were like, "We're gonna paint them." <laughs> Guess what? We have not done. Well, yeah, it's been it's been a bit. We, we've been very busy, but it is very funny that they're still. We started practicing. Yeah, we were practicing. on different minis, and we didn't even get that far on the different minis. It's bad. Yeah, we don't have to worry too much about that. And also, I like if I'm remembering correctly, Jeff, didn't you make an Alex or like make the base for the Alex? And he's just weirdly hot. Oh yes. <laughs> So oh, I think, yeah. I think that's, I, that's a pretty accurate description. I, that is a funny story because, you know, it, it was um, the Hero Forge was doing like some sort of, you know, series. And I was like, I want to get a thing for all of us because like I'm enjoying doing this with you guys. And this seems like a fun little thing to do. And so I was like, hey, guys, what would your characters look like in Hero Forge? And I was playing around with it a little bit. And I think 
David, you were a little slow on the uptake or something like that. I was like, here's my, what I would think kind of like Alex looks like. And what I put together, he had, he had just the smolder. He's got a smolder. <laughs> and we don't know why. Jeff sent me the file and I tweaked with it a little bit. I'm like, I can't make him not hot. It's not possible. I think we, I think we brought it back just a little bit. He's not as hot, but he's still more hot than you would expect Alex to be. <laughs> you know what? Good for him. Yeah, that's great. I mean, he's got he's got that good bloodline and whatnot. I don't know. He doesn't have the the broken nose that I think you have. That's very that's Alex very important. Has. Yeah, yeah. I think it's pretty accurate that like he probably is like a good looking dude. Um, but then he's just been like fucked up. <laughs> like he needs like a broken nose. He needs like the weird like kind of greasy hair. Um, he has like a ton of scars just like randomly. Um, yeah, that's, that's all correct. We should be taking notes on this for when we definitely paint these. Absolutely. Any minute now. Any minute now. Here we go. It's going to happen. Uh, and the, the, the last question from Twerking Torque, would you ever do a musical episode? No. Internal screaming. <laughs> How? When will I you actually, give the people what they want? <laughs> I actually have brought this up before. So we all, some of us. Most yeah. of us at this table? I think we all do mm -hmm. some kind of music-related things, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we've all done musical music-related things one way or the other, acapella groups or musical theater. We've referenced musical Both, theater baby. enough. Both, Woo! <laughs> I, it's It's something that's like, what if? No, but also the amount of bad yeah, plan. the amount of prep that it would have to go hey, into. Jeff, you it. remember that musical we tried to write that one time? Remember the one thing we you were really we're, bad the one at? That we're still trying to write. Remember the one thing we're really bad at? Oh, you mean writing songs? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that is what I mean. <laughs> we so, can't yeah. do it. We don't have the we don't have the power. Crowdsource it, Jeff. Make the fans yeah. do it. The fans will write a musical. <laughs> we'll sing it. How about that? I, yeah, I will say like there is I, there was a podcast that I listened to only the first episode of because I don't know I didn't particularly care for it too much. It was called like Mystical Thunder Loot or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. But it was basically mm -hmm. this. It was a it was a D and D game, and they played it, and then they put in songs kind of like afterwards and it felt weirdly scripted almost hmm. which doesn't feel right for DD like some parts of it felt very natural and then other parts of it felt very prepared so i couldn't tell like what was story and what was improv i don't know ah uh, gotcha but if that's something that interests you like mythical thunder loot i think is what is that's that's, that's close enough to type into a google and get you somewhere yeah. But it would be a lot of work to do a musical episode, so I'm not entirely sure if that's something that we would do, unfortunately. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. So anyway. Send all of your send all of your suggestions for songs to Seven Star <laughs> to the ring. Um, so some of the non-questions that they, they have, which I also absolutely love. Uh Reddy's <laughs> Reddy's Red's party was so cute. Y'all are so cute. Damn straight. Thank, thank you. you. I'm adorable. <laughs> also, um, yes, thank you. Have to shout Alex's bah humbug. <laughs> <laughs> Probably my favorite joke. Maybe my favorite moment in the whole series, not going to lie. That was a good one. That was a... Mm -hmm. You think you just killed like 
Elena yeah. <laughs> it was it was there's nothing that brings out the like absurdity of role-playing games until you have just an open room with one guard in it and the party like can't do anything about it that's when they'll try to talk to the guard and the guard is always like no like there's a reason I'm here I got I like can't let you and we're like but you're just you're just a dude like, like you're just a, a person there's like at least three of us and the guard's like, nah, this is a prepared fight. And, th and then it's like, it happens every single time. And I think that it's just, it, it really just culminates. It was a thing of beauty. Mm -hmm. uh, and lastly, and finally, something that won't work for an audio me medium, but something I wanted to share. I've attached the image that goes through my head every time Claire appears <laughs> in a scene. And so obviously I can't, provide this image to you all but it is that office meme where angela is standing behind <laughs> dwight uh the the reading says something along the lines of phoenix fam when they're doing anything and uh, on dwight and then claire <laughs> on angela and he turns around and says fuck <laughs> Good, because yeah. uh, I'm pretty I'm sure, sure that's what we were referencing yeah, explicitly. Every single time. Exactly. So take that not yeah. working for an audio <laughs> medium. We got it. In fact, um, a thing you won't see, but most people, when they, in fact, do that, do the arm gesture <laughs> as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I look over in Jeff's direction at the empty seat next to me. And I go, like, it's it's real. It, it's, it's a real reaction, too. Like, a couple of times it's happened. It's like a meme, but at the same time, it's like, oh, shit. She is here. <laughs> she is here. There is a child. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing a great job as space parents, you guys. All right. And the 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 other person that sent in uh, questions, this is more for like the production side of things, but from EDI37, my, my naming conventions <laughs> do require three three numbers, unfortunately, EDI246. ADM141. Uh, 141. Yeah. I don't yeah, think anyway. we've actually met any others, but... Uh, I can't remember. It I think I might. I might have the Mobots have numbers as well. Oh, fair but enough. you guys haven't looked. Too I think they're just they one, just two, said and three. Mobot they? one, two, yeah, zero, zero, one. Yeah, zero, zero, one. Oh, How convenient! Oh. Yes. <laughs> okay. Oh. Okay. I'm sorry, EDI three seven. You're cool. You're cool. thirty seven. Um, who does the sound editing slash production for the podcast after you record the mixing, mics, and any stitching you do? All sounds so great. P.S. I love the way Jeff has Arcus say hello. <laughs> hello. Hello. <laughs> Drunk cookie monster. Yeah, so, Phil, do you want to take this yeah, one? Yeah, yeah. The, um, so the recording and uh, the mixing are me. We have uh, my recording equipment that uh, we use. Uh, and then I do the, the mixing and general production. I do some spot editing that comes up that I just noticed in the course of recording. And then Jeff goes through with the fine tooth comb and, and cleans everything up before we send it all out. Yeah. I try the things that I tend to remove are people stumbling over lines and having to retake them, particularly me, because I'm the only one reading from a script. You also talk a lot. I also do talk a lot. Wow. That sounded a lot more aggressive than I meant it. My apologies. <laughs> I mean, I do. I'm the, I'm the one describing all the scene. I'm the one playing all the NPCs. Uh, oh, I take you? out those. I take out the us um, most of the time when I can, when they're big and mess with the whole flow of things. I cut out long periods of silence. 
when you guys are all like rolling for initiative, I cut that down a shit ton. It's oftentimes <laughs> like closer to like 15 seconds and I have it go down to like two or three mm-hmm. because it's not fun just listening to <laughs> on on air. Um, I don't know if that even was picked up on the camera. It's yeah. camera. What am I doing? Here, we can do, we can do some foley. We can do some foley. We'll do some foley. Dice noise. Riding another horse. Dice horses in the rain. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I go through and, and clean up that. Depending on how busy of a week I have, I do better or worse jobs. So it's not a high level of quality, but I'm not getting paid for it. So this is something that I'm doing for fun. Passion project. And sometimes we feel more passionate than other weeks. <laughs> you know, deal with it. That's that's how it works. So, yeah. Thank you for sending in those questions, EDI 37 and Twerking Torque 37. <laughs> All right, and now we have uh, Kirsten who has prepared uh, eleven questions for us. You asked me to send I you have, questions. I have. You, you you were offering to send questions. You begged. I begged. <laughs> I begged you all to send questions. Only Kirsten. I think David was saying I begged actually. No, no, no Jeff. Begged. I begged. <laughs> Fair enough. And, and only Kirsten sent me in questions, so that, that's that's where the, the friendship the really favorite. lies. There you go. I have a couple <laughs> that we can wrap up with, but let's. So Kirsten, you have two. Categories. Categories of yes, questions. Yes, I do. Let's, let's bounce between them. Cool. Do you want me to ask them? Yeah, because you're the one, you know, okay, who wrote them. Second. I think that makes the most sense. All right. Well, it looks like there's six in one category and five in the other. So, so maybe start I with the one with six. Start with the one with six. Okay. This is uh, for the players. And this one specifically does not include Jeff because this would be a dumb thing to ask Jeff. Um, what's the part of this past arc sort of story that took you the most by surprise? You know, maybe, granted, we sort of have have averted catastrophe, but I thought that Tara was going to be a little more murdery, I think. (laughs) I think that surprised me. I thought she was pretty murdery. Like, that's fair. I don't know. Somehow I thought it'd be worse. That's not, that that sounds like it's some kind of criticism. It's really not. I think, though, just like it was a very, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It was a very well done, very ominous, like, walking into the devil's den thing. And it's just like, oh, yeah, she'll just talk to us. I mean, she wants to kill us, too. (laughs) It's just like, oh. It, it was definitely a secondary goal of hers. She was very much like, uh, oh, some people have come. I guess I'll have to murder them. But that's so low down on the to-do yeah, list. It's, got it's a P3, so many folks. We're never to getting to it. Let's be honest with ourselves. Yeah, no. I mean, she was very intimidating, definitely, with her creatures. But yeah, she has better stuff to do than to focus on us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think that there is a specific moment that I can think of. I've, I have really enjoyed this whole arc. And if anything, I really, I thought that you, Jeff, have done a really good job with kind of the act structure of it, where it was very much like, you know, it felt very like building on top of what we had done since we got to Fistos, where it's like, you know, we got there and then we did the uh, Wycliffe invasion um, which set up the AI. And it just felt like a really good kind of like storyline through the entirety of the arc. Um, going back to like, you know, the black boxes that were around and then mm-hmm. kind of the reveal of the AI as the as the big bad, kind of like the demon lord, demon king, dragon quest thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, I just I just thought that it was it's a good, it's a good storyline, a good arc. Well, thank you. Yeah, definitely. Um, as for myself personally, I, um, I got really irrationally mad about the fact that the person in Wycliffe was a person and not an AI. 
Um, that was like a big surprise for me. And it was funny because like it was definitely like mad on Nona's behalf. I'm like, what do you mean you're just a guy? <laughs> what is this? I hate it. This is supposed to be an AI controlling people. It's not that. And then it was fine because then it was. <laughs> and then <laughs> that it was, was actually dude that. disguised as a dude <laughs> disguised as another dude. So it's fine. Um, yeah. All right. And then the corollary is for Jeff, the GM. What is the biggest surprise you've encountered while GMing so far? And you can stick to this arc if you want to, or if there's like a big one that just sticks out across all time, because I don't know if anybody's actually asked you this before. Yeah. Um, so the the, <laughs> the one for this arc, I know exactly what it is. I think I have a guess. Yeah. It's um, because it was very clear. I didn't know what the hell you guys were doing. It was... So I think um, Celine Firefang was telling you guys, oh, as soon as like the whole fight between Arcus and Pycleides happened, Barry left. Like he's gone. He knows that like Barry was the the who the person in Snow White that was supposed to kill Snow White, the huntsman yeah, or whatever. Exactly. Barry was Arcus's huntsman. huntsman. Like he was supposed to kill Arcus and he didn't. So he left. And then you guys are like, oh no. Barry, he's in trouble. We must find him now. <laughs> Where I was more intending to just have him show up a little bit later or have it to be a little bit interesting, like a cat and mouse game between Pycleides trying to find Barry and you guys, you know, that didn't necessarily work out because you guys were like, we have to find him right now. You rolled well enough. I'm like, I feel like I can't stop you from doing it. And so he's just hanging out and you guys find him and like, you're in mortal danger. And he's like, I know I'm trying to leave. <laughs> And you're like, but no, why don't you come back, though? And he's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that was definitely, that, that was one that I just needed to figure out, like, okay, what does this character want to do? What is he trying to do? Um, and so, you know, I think there was a scene with him and Arcus kind of, like, arguing about leaving or not leaving. I don't think anything really came of it. I think Alex was the only one who overheard and was like, huh, that's a thing. And then kept going. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But, yeah, I, I, I tried to make... It's saying, you know, mean a little bit something, but that was definitely a surprise for me because I was intending him to just kind of be like, this is a thing that's happened and he might come back later. It's a very funny side note how much um, we as characters are very much mind your own business and how much harder that makes it for you to tell a story. Those two are arguing over there. Better give them their space. <laughs> anyway, let's go stand in the empty card room bay and contemplate our lives. As for like... I wouldn't necessarily, it, it was a bit of a surprise for me personally. Um, and it's perhaps it's, all right, I'm adding a lot of modifiers here. Uh, scaling of combats is a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. Obviously, mm -hmm. Stars Without Number is a different system than D&D, uh, &D, which already has like a bunch of things kind of put together with like CR, at least trying to keep people like, you don't want to just utterly stomp people. Um, and I know that the, the person who wrote stars that number kind of says, don't dumb down the threats or like make the threats higher than what they normally would be. Try and have them be as, you know, as standard as they would be kind of, and I find myself sometimes throwing that out the window because I want challenging fights, but at the same time, I don't want fights that if you guys think you can win, be ones that you absolutely can't. Because mm. those characters would know that they couldn't, couldn't win those yes, fights. Yes, we do not suffer from overconfidence. I'll say that much. <laughs> and so I've, I've been playing around with that a little bit. I think I've 
hit a pretty good groove with this past fight. I felt like it was dangerous and scary in the right ways, um, but didn't feel overwhelmingly so. I loved the legendary actions thing and the fact that it was like tied to something in the room. That was amazing. Yeah. So I would say like balancing combat and also just kind of like the balancing of not only the combat itself, but balancing, you know, so many things where it's like, I want to tell story. I want to give people character moments. I want like people to shine in different ways. Also balancing those moments out because Micah, you've been built a particular way and I want to give you opportunities to show off that those abilities. Whereas like Alex and Nona are very clearly not combat focused, but I want to give them ways to shine as well. And so balancing all of that has been uh, something I didn't necessarily anticipate going into this. Anyway. Yeah, no, I thought the last fight went really well too. I enjoyed that a lot. Um, Okay. Next question for the players. In what ways has your character grown since the last metadimensional episode? And Jeff, if you want to answer for Claire, feel free to. If not... We can keep moving. Uh, remind us, where were we at the last metadimensional episode? It's been uh, a lot. Coming towards Fistos. Orsiame. Yeah, you just left Orsiame. Uh, You're maybe heading towards Glazov 5 for the second time. I can't remember uh, if you were going towards right. there or leaving Glazov 5. It okay. was one of the two. But right around there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that Micah has definitely had some more bonding, I think, with, with members of the group, obviously. Uh, Alex and Micah had some, <laughs> I guess, drama come up. I think that ultimately that was good for for their relationship, but it's going to take some while to uh, take a while to get through. There was something from way back the first time on Glasgow Five, which I think has evolved a bit in Micah's way of sort of seeing the world, uh, which has a lot to do with kind of her own backstory with psychics and dealing with the oppression on Orisiyame. And actually, I can't quite remember if this was said on air or not, but I know like we've talked about it a little mm. bit um, off air, which was sort of this, this moment of clicking with when we were first meeting Quinn, uh, where Michael was like, oh, this is like very, I can relate this to, to my own experience of, you know, like people hunting something they don't understand that I think is dangerous. Um, and she kind of, yeah grasped that in that moment. And I feel like with everything that's happened on Fistos with um, Nona's reaction to the the shattered cores that the Lucius Leggett showed us and everything with um, with Terra, that feeling has grown. And so I think with the, like, a lot of Micah's motivation has come out of this whole, like, psychics are, you know, the most important people and we're downtrodden and all of that. Um, and as... I think her vision on that has broadened uh, in kind of a an important way that maybe hasn't been super, super obvious on air. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I would say that was the biggest thing. I mean, otherwise, the <laughs> get going on, on a date was nice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that counts as character development. It most certainly does. Uh, yeah, like it gets around. It's nothing too <laughs> serious. But uh yeah, she does. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much it, I think. Cool. Um, yeah, I can I can go next. Um, yeah, I think um, so I've been playing Nona very sort of intentionally as I tried to start her off as very much this blank slate and have her kind of 
react to the world as things happen and like pick up rules and like all of this stuff. And so I think where she's gotten to right now is there's definitely way more bonding happening. Like we had some very good moments of like, hey, we could watch out for each other and like not die together. Yay. Um, so I think in the beginning, again, not made super clear, but Nona left to her own devices, like, would have been fine with maybe letting murderous robots kill the rest of the party if it resulted in good things for her. And now she's less okay with that. And so character development. This yeah. seems like good character development. <laughs> yeah, I think for Alec, he's still a mess. He's still dealing with a lot of stuff and trying to figure that out. But he's a lot less subconsciously a mess. Like, his thoughts are a lot more organized than they were before. Up to pretty much Fistos, the end of Ursiame, Alex really had, like, two modes that he was in, which was outside of a mission and just kind of, like, dealing with everything very not confident in pretty much anything that he could actually do. Um, but able to put on like kind of a, a confident per, uh, facade while speaking to people as long as it was not an actual social, social situation and just kind of like a, a speech uh, kind of thing. Um, and then inside of a mission where it was very much get this done, don't fuck up the mission, do everything by the book and make sure that, you know, we get out safely at the other end. Now there is a little bit more bleed in between those two things where he has more confidence, the kind of like confidence and assertiveness and finishing of the mission is now bleeding over into outside of the mission where he's a lot less confused, a little bit more focused. And like if you ask him or if he like really starts to think about something, then the old kind of neuroticness and everything comes back. But as long as he's not thinking too deeply about everything, then he's uh, he's pretty well on top of it. And then during a mission, he's a little more open to pivoting in the moment um, and a little bit better at rolling with the punches like he is in conversations that aren't like personal conversations. So <laughs> I think that Alex is working through a lot of the things that um, he's been struggling with for for a while even if he hasn't quite realized that he's at that point yet um and like having the big monologue where he went over everything was very cathartic for him and helped him with that cool so yeah that's where he is yeah i can answer for claire to some extent one of the things i want to try and continue to do a little bit more of is have her be a bit more of a character and i think <laughs> one of the things uh, yeah to to want you know to want things, to, to do things, not just like follow you guys all around. But I think one of the things that she's very clearly done is dove headfirst into I need to be able to protect me, which is never something that I've been able to do before by myself, for myself, but also protect the people that I care about. And I think the flip side of that is she has a really really bad insecurity about losing any of you all. <laughs> and I think this is going to be quickly apparent in the next episode 
if Nona get comes back. If she doesn't come back, it'll also be very apparent. But Claire is not doing well right now. Like we the thought of losing, it, babe, you're fine. <laughs> yeah, but like she still has trauma that she is also working through. Uh, losing close ones, feeling not strong enough to take herself out of situations that were bad for her, and she has clings to you guys clung to you guys for uh support and is trying to support herself but she is definitely clingy in that she doesn't necessarily want anything to happen to you all or for you to split and so like she's not having a great time right now uh we'll see exactly how that all turns out but yeah oh are you not having a good time right now because i am a potato find out in episode 73, <laughs> Nona is not coming back. <laughs> oh, sad. Um, okay, cool. Uh, next Jeff question. Which NPC is the hardest for you to play? Uh, I don't know. It really depends on... Like, I think I'm still struggling with villains to some extent. <laughs> I want them to... I want them to be sometimes just twirling their little, like, mustaches it's up so on the, the high throne... And they always seem to devolve into, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> Come at me, bro. Just like the, these weird, goofy little character caricatures. Like, Pycletes kind of turned a little bit into that. Deacon, to some extent. Although Deacon, I feel like, pretty good about. Um, it, I was having a, a tough time with Tara, and I still think I do. I think every single time I did her in those different episodes, she was a different character. <laughs> They bit. all they right. all had the same general like this is what I want but like the first one was very like matter of fact definitely crazy and then the other ones have been slowly devolving into just glados <laughs> which I don't hate but I wasn't intending for her to be glados I was intending for her to like be thinking too much and sometimes get lost in her own thoughts rather than like this quippy little <laughs> Murder bot. Murder bot. But, you know, uh, I'm I'm enjoying where she is right now, uh, which is in a jar, effectively. <laughs> um, Technically, she's still in a dead bear. Yeah, you know, eventually she will be removed from said dead bear. But, yeah, that, that that's probably, like, I, I want villains. I think I hold on to villains being, like, something very specific in my mind. And I'm always upset when they don't exactly look like the things I want them to. So I should just, you know. Let them be who they want to be. Sometimes they'll just be a, a crazy torque that wants to look like a human. Um, or sometimes they'll be a true AI that wants to murder everyone just because they want to murder everyone. Same, buddy. Same. So, yeah, I think that's that's it. Like That's my answer for that. Cool. Um, okay. Uh, hopefully it's slightly easier one. Maybe not. How would you describe your fighting style? can take that yeah. <laughs> slip uh, field first always slip field first <laughs> they fucked out <laughs> yeah i so me as as a player i do i enjoy when we get to do combats because i like having the the bag of tricks and just having lots of of different options for kind of what to do to get around a particular situation which telekinesis lends itself to for as far as micah's part uh, I mean, definitely, I mean, she likes to be out in front and, you know, feeling competent and powerful. But also, I think that for her, like, tanking is kind of a love language. She <laughs> wants to protect people. 
<laughs> it wants to get it in the in the face of the horror monster so that it can't like effectively shoot or claw it like everybody else. So yeah, I think that's mostly how I slash she approach it is disrupt people and then be in their face first. Yeah. Um, Nona bounces between sort of two modes of fighting. Uh, one is stay towards the back and shoot at stuff. And the other one is be in between the bad guys and anybody who's perceived as significantly weaker. Um, it's a very strange thing because I've been thinking about this a lot. And I think Nona has been sort of subconsciously learning that Micah is stronger than her, but definitely also kind of rolled into this with like, oh yeah, I'm amazing. I'm super strong. And uh, that's probably going to change. That attitude is going to be a little bit less. I don't think she would necessarily change anything she did in the fights leading up to this. I think it was incredibly important for her to be in between all of the murder things and Dr. Lucia's like it, but she almost died that one time and then she did kind of die the second time, which rude um but but yeah so in general like be towards the back and shoot things but she's also developing now she's got a poison knife and i haven't actually had the chance to use it but someday she's gonna stab someone someday she's gonna stab someone and someday patient loyal listeners she is going to bite someone it is going <laughs> to happen i promise you i'm pretty that. sure we've been talking about this since like episode two i've been uh, well i could have bit deacon but instead i had to do the other thing that was more plot relevant <laughs> it was the only moment i've gotten to That's right, i had fair. to make a choice jeff I, I lean in to kiss deacon but instead <laughs> i bite, bite him. him what are, what are you doing <laughs> oh sorry i got confused <laughs> Yeah. Join us in episode 73. (laughs) We could only find her teeth. (laughs) You got to stop making all these promises or we need to start writing them down. Yeah. So Alex prefers tactical superiority. That's his whole thing. His first instinct drilled into him from a long time ago is very much like establish establish your kill zones. Know your blind spots. Do you have a path of retreat um, if you're getting overwhelmed? like find cover, like he has all of that that's in there. Deep inside, though, Alex is just like a fucking mudslinger, like gremlin fighter. Um, and I'm like pretty... sand in the yeah, he Yeah, he would 100%. He would scratch. He would like do anything that would give him any kind of advantage because he is so like disadvantaged at fighting that like <laughs> his whole life has been like that. So he 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 fights dirty. Um, when it comes down to it. And it's pretty fun how often um, Alex gets dragged into these like mud slinging fights, like with, like in the holding cell with what's his name? Uh, Restikov. Oh, yes, Ernst. Ernst Restikov. <laughs> like, you know, just that, just kind of like you'd falling back in his chair to <laughs> make distance and like shooting and missing and all of that. And then just now with, with Tara and, uh, when he was just locked in that one room with Nona and like the thing that he stabbed drugs into because it's what he had on hand. Like that's the kind of fighter that he is at heart um, behind all of the like actual tactics, um, which tend to fail or not always go according to plan. Well, we've got two out of three people who are pro biting. (laughs) Yeah. I wouldn't rule it out. That's I wouldn't rule it out. I will say, so I I can answer quickly for Claire because it's pretty methodical what she does. It's like, can I last hit something or is there something actively like trying to kill one of you all? Also, and it, it's I... like, 
that is what she she is shoots at it with with a with abandon just like those things need to die they are threatening me and they need to go down so also sometimes she shoots at it with her mind powers in addition to abandon and then it, it crumples into a little fine little little pile it's dead now except not dead she can't she can't she can't kill with that what uh, with that uh power but doesn't okay. mean she won't try uh jeff what is the easiest slash hardest part of session prep for you that is tough because i think it changes based on where we are in an arc so like the, the hardest part to begin with is like finding that bit of inspiration especially when you guys are going to somewhere new so I like look at the um, the planet tags and say, okay, with these planet tags, like what kind of thing can we kind of shape? Where are the characters at right now? And trying to like put something together. And then once we have it together, it's populating the story so it makes sense. I don't love creating a bunch of NPCs. It might seem like... Uh, you go to meet so-and-so and I don't give them a name. I don't describe them. Like anytime I describe someone, that is someone that I specifically put into the story for you to interact with. And I feel like I could do that a little bit more. So it feels like the world's a little bit more alive. But each one of those, it takes so much mental effort for me to put those things together. Maybe I should just do more cardboard cutout kinds of people. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but it, it's it's then populating the... Um, the thing with like places, locations within locations, like Nova Voxis, it is kind of just an amorphous blob. Like there's kind of like the outer ring, but then there's a bunch of these different levels. There's the core, which you visit, there's like its lab, there's the pressure barrel. But outside of that, you guys haven't really been able to interact with much else within the city itself. And this is supposed to be like a massive structure, something that like hundreds of thousands of people are living within. And sometimes it doesn't necessarily feel like that. So that's probably like the part of session prep. Like how much do I need to prep to make the world that you're living in feel alive without quitting my job and doing this full time <laughs> to get absolutely no pay. And so it's like balancing that. I really enjoy homebrewing dungeons, but also I find it takes forever for me to put something together that's both interesting and fun and so maybe i'll start pulling a little bit more from existing sources there but yeah i'm trying to figure out how to work smarter and not harder i sure. think that's the hardest thing that i'm trying to figure out how to do all right i think we're running a little bit low on the time and i want to get to two of my questions so kirsten yes pick one from either category or one from both if you want and we can do those and then we'll wrap up with mine. How's that sound? Okay, sure. Uh, just really fast for uh, character players. Uh, what's your favorite moment from the past arc? Being on Festos, I'll just count that as the whole arc. While they think, I'll go first because I thought of this question. It's because I specifically wanted to call out the entire approach into like the Terra lair. Like we knew exactly where we were going and like... You know, we still got at the thing and it was like the obsidian mausoleum and it's very pointy and it's very spooky looking. And we're like, hmm. And then the doors. I love the doors. I thought they were going to be a puzzle. And then by the time we got through the second one with no puzzles, I'm like, ah, it is for the ambiance. And it was very good ambiance. Um, I think like recognizing sort of the inspiration from that whole like 
how do we communicate to the future that there's no good things here when designing like nuclear waste dump sites? Like mm-hmm. loved it. Absolutely loved that moment. And it didn't hurt that we were being pursued by an absolutely terrifying individual who you cannot blow up or kill in any way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, so I enjoyed two distinct things with Deacon very much. Um, I mean, the whole sort of like cinematic thing that sort of happened outside where Micah got to do a cool thing. That was fun of, of uh, redirecting the bullet. Um, but also just when he showed up uh, at Tara's old core also that it just, it felt very cinematic to me of him like walking through the door and we're locked in and we just see him there and he's like half melted off. I thought that it looked very cool in my head. So I liked okay. that. It was kind of reminiscent of not, not to do my own horn. I'm just thinking of like the thing that Amelia evokes a memory, evokes a memory is like the first time you see a big daddy in Bioshock where you come across like this, this window pane and you just see this thing burst through and absolutely demolish someone. It kind of was that same thing where you have to deal with your own thing over here, but you're just seeing this this very scary person just come in and absolutely wipe the floor with things that you're dealing with, like, completely trivially. I, I thought it was pretty cool. I also really <laughs> liked the ability to, you know, half on one side, half on the other, yeah. Terminator and human. I thought that was very cool as well. So thank you for giving me that opportunity, uh, Alex. <laughs> what? No, that was... <laughs> Was that Philip? No, uh, Alex is the one that set up the the demo charge on the. Uh, oh door. no, sorry, I meant the Philip was the one who suggested. Oh have yeah, the Philip. Philip suggested the 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 look on either side, but I did nothing. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I I think I do agree that that last bit um, from Deacon taking the shot to the Pycleides fight, I thought was very well paced and felt very story like it was really driving forward um is kind of what i keep going back to the pace felt really good on it um it was a lot of fun to play through and it hit some like important things uh back to back it was it was there was a lot of action there yeah i also have enjoyed just kind of all of the role playing pretty much in fistos i think that there's a good cast of characters that uh to play off of there um, with Red and Volker and uh, Dr. Leggett and everybody that we speak to, I think that there's been just kind of a good rapport there. So I've really enjoyed all of that too. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I can, I think I can answer this one as well. <laughs> sure. I, so like one, it was the second time I got to knock someone down in this, which made me feel like, yes, I've made you feel the the fear of death once more. Um, because I've only ever done that to Alex, I think, in like yep. the 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 Sporin yep. colony. Um, but that just that moment of Tara very clearly have knowing nowhere else to go and talking with Nona and Nona being like, it doesn't have to be like this. And she's kind of going like, yes, it does. Destroying Nona and then getting gunned down herself. There was something kind of poetic about it that I, I think really, I don't know, it. it I, I liked how it ended up. I was very happy with how that fight ended up. I agree with that a lot. And she's going to get an earful when I get up. Oh, yeah. I There's just the fact that you're <laughs> carrying around this insanely intelligent, but also completely insane true AI that you just are going to keep around. Yeah. 
There's so many things I can do. I know, right? It's good. We're going to have such a fun time. Um, All right. Really fast. Um, Jeff, any lessons you've learned that you'd like to share with fellow GMs in general or specifically stars without number GMs? Because I know that community is a little bit smaller. Shout out. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is, and I think almost every single DM says this, it's work smarter, not harder. Um, I think Stars Without Number has a lot of really good systems in place to generate content. Um, And one of the things that I've done definitely a bit more is ignored some of that stuff (laughs) because we we haven't really been doing it. Stars Without Number is meant to be more of a sandbox where like week to week, it's like, what's what's the the heist this week or something Mm, along those lines? Whereas I very clearly have more of a overarching plot that I'm working towards. I am working towards Someday it. we'll find it. I swear. <laughs> um, but Any day now. So maybe I'm using the system a little bit wrong in that respect. But like I've started using things like other sources. Like for example, Pycleides, uh, sorry, Pycleides Augmented, Terra Pycleides, um, was just kind of like a reskinned beholder. Mm-hmm. Um, like a lot of Terra's uh ideas and the way like that she's extremely paranoid and like the the beams kind of like the different eye stalks so like just starting to reskin from other places and just taking that content a little bit more using chat gpt actually like a couple <laughs> of times to like say hey chat gpt i want i'm trying to build a dungeon right now that's kind of like where uh an uh, a megalomaniacal ai is living what kind of rooms would exist in that and just using it as kind of like an idea creator not taking it rope because jeff are you making the robots do your job for you oh (laughs) absolutely any any way that i can do less work but still produce the same output i'm going to try and go towards because i enjoy doing this but i don't have all the time in the world Hmm. so like that's 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 i guess the biggest lesson that i've learned is steal steal from everywhere (laughs) steal anything and everything put a different coat of paint on it exactly um, and th- there are definitely times where you can build like stories that you feel are unique and different. Like I'm very proud of what I did with Fistos where this false flag operation all led by like a true AI, it, it was, it felt, it felt new. Maybe it's not new. Maybe someone will show something and maybe I have read that at one point in time, like, ah, shit, that's where I got that from anyway, but steal, um, <laughs> be happy with the things that you create but definitely steal to make things easier on you or at least as much as you feel comfortable doing and still enjoying you know dming so what you're saying just to sum up is steal somebody else's stuff paint flames on the side of it call it your own now yeah basically (laughs) that's almost exactly i think these are words we can all live by and so i have it it is two separate questions but i think they kind of tie in together they're also very self-serving questions because I want to know these things as well. So to to you guys here, one of this is part of like uh, from a character perspective and one of it is more from like a player perspective. So if there's one thing that you could get more of in the next arc, what would it be? And then to a follow-up, where do you think the party goes next after Fistos? Because I assume there's still going to be some things that are going to need to be wrapped up here. We need to maybe close the loop on... Dr. Lucius Leggett, maybe meet Arcus again, or maybe he's happy with the Firefangs. I don't know what you guys are planning on <laughs> doing, but once you guys leave Fistos, uh-huh. where are you guys heading to next? And what would you like to see from it? Alex wants more demo charges. Um, he's really enjoyed those. They're, they're <laughs> they, really, they've they're done really some nice. good work. They've, they've put in some good work, give him good options. 
Yeah, honestly, kind of in that vein, I feel like we, we've talked about this outside of the stream, but having like more item or more kind of options during combat specifically um, would be awesome. So like those demo charges or really whatever, whatever you can think of, even if they are like consumable items um, as opposed to like a permanent upgrade would be a lot of fun for me specifically. Yeah. One thing that I've definitely been looking into and maybe slight spoilers, but you don't know what's going to be. So uh -huh. <laughs> um, I'm looking into like reskinning just some D&D magical items just to give yeah. you guys some because magical items, technology. Yeah. That you don't understand. Same difference. The same difference. So, you know, maybe portable hole, maybe bag of holding. I don't know. Some weird shit that I can give you guys to do something with. I did you guys give you guys like a nanite surveyor, which you never use. We um, do sometimes. You, it's you been used, used three it specifically or four times. in dungeon, dungeon, dungeon stuff. Yeah, in dungeons. Maybe. Yeah. And there's been another dungeon after. Well, I, I, I won't go into it. Okay, that's too a good far. Point. It was kind of in a straight I, line, but good yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. If, yeah. We, so. if we want to get in discussions about people not using their magical items, friends. <laughs> Um, but anyway, um, you're referencing our other campaign right I now. I am, yes. Anyway, uh, yeah, I I really like. I think this is a thing I discovered during this arc, and Jeff and I have already talked about this. So hopefully there'll be more of it. But I really like the things where stuff gets set up and then it happens later. Like I love the moment where Alex puts the demo charge on the door and then we're just listening for the explosion and listening for the explosion and then the explosion happens and then like the guy shows up later. I like those moments of like something gets set up and then there's payoff for it. I love the fact that I was carrying around this core shattering device pretty much since we found it and I've just had this thing on my belt and then like I get to use it in the one chance that because Jeff, Jeff, we had a conversation where Jeff was like, why, why are you still like, carrying that around? I was like, because I think I can use it on something. And he's like, well, yeah, but you'd have to like get up really close to them. And like, even then it would kind of only work on a true AI and like all this stuff. I'm like, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then I did that and you I did. felt really smart and great and pretty. Yeah, I think the other thing I said was you're, you're going to have to catch it by Completely surprise. surprise. Someone's not going to let you just walk up <laughs> Mm -hmm. With this gnarly looking gun, press it to their chest and then say, <laughs> pull the trigger, right? Yep. But yeah, uh, that worked. And it it, <laughs> it basically made that fight uh, trivial. That's that's what I live for right there, which is <laughs> incredibly important that that fight was trivial because we did not have time to heal between it and that. And I died in the last one. Yeah. So all for the best. All I'm saying. Um. Yeah. On my part. As far as where we're going, if you mean like literally. Uh, literally, where yeah. are you going? I mean, also like short-term and long-term goals. That That's something that you guys can oh, speak to fair. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, short-term, I'm thinking maybe we go to Demos. It's like right there. There's this torque of some renown. <laughs> and so that sort of ties into to Micah's short-term goals. Um which is mostly doing Nona's thing for now because her medium-term goal is go back to save the McRaven <laughs> when the time comes. We must save the McRaven. Uh, he's still dead. there. How he much is. time do we have? We've never met this man before, but we must save him. Well, you gotta bring guys. him back. We haven't seen him on air. That's fair. Yeah. But yeah, I think that I would like to see, like, Story-wise, like we've we've gotten these pieces, we've got your the Chris Rock Angel appearing 
uh, amongst us briefly, like some some of these little disparate pieces may be coming coming together in in a way that I can start to wrap my head around. Maybe another prophecy would help. Mm-hmm. That was a joke, but oh, maybe not a joke. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of I don't know other like kind of gameplay type stuff. Uh, something that I hear is famously hard for DMs, but which I like a lot is puzzles. Yeah, Good luck. but those are famously hard. <laughs> we could we could figure out. I, I just I'm I'm thinking we're gonna spend like 30 minutes to an hour on a podcast. We're like, okay, so I I turn I I turn the stone. What does the stone look like now? It looks like an eagle. I turn it again. Now it looks like a whale. <laughs> does does that match the same whale as the one that fell down? Yes. I Jeff, pull the I, trigger. Am I getting added here right now? <laughs> no, no, no. I was, I was just referencing Skyrim. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. My bad. I made a Skyrim dungeon anyway. But yeah, there's, there's definitely some places for puzzles. I, yeah, I want to be careful because puzzles are can be so finicky. They can be so hard where no one can figure them out. Especially when I know the answer, I'm like, I don't understand how you guys are not getting this, and I will just have Claire solve it. And that doesn't <laughs> that doesn't feel like, yeah. But yeah. I, I can I can I can see what I can work with there. Yeah. More a little, a little more puzzle, a little more trying to figure out what's going on. There there are puzzles that I, I feel like this is a, a puzzle where um, I think for like Wycliffe, I was intending for you to have to press the buttons at the same time and was waiting for you guys to figure that out but you immediately did it you're like i think we have to press all these at the same time like well i guess that puzzle's already been solved it was the gravitas of the room jeff well actually both the gravitas of the room and what struck me was that there was also three siblings Mm -hmm. so i was like ah the three all have to pull the thing at the same time yeah so oh that makes sense yeah right it's almost like that's what it's, I was, doing. was going for. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Anyway, we pay attention. Our characters are just very dumb. <laughs> so I Demos and maybe. Yeah, I think definitely Demos. Uh, if Nona's allowed to drive for a while in the more metaphorical sense as opposed to the literal sense, like she always does. But uh, if she's allowed to do that, it definitely becomes we need to figure out how to save Tara. You know, finding our finding our last piece is all well and good and we can get back to that. But like there's this issue right here. And if she gets out, she's going to murder a lot of people and that's going to be entirely my fault. So we're on a little bit of a clock, I think, before she figures out either how to escape or how to murder us all. Mm hmm. Yeah, probably a pit stop at Glazov 5 on the way too to report, you know, mission success, get payment, See, check in with people. That's what I was thinking, but I think we were talking about this in order to do, right, we're currently in the system yeah, where Demos is. we can is. figure it out. Fair you're, enough. You're in um, Panipola. Yeah. Right now. I mean, we we could go back to Glazov 5. And that'd be the Magalka system. Yeah. There, there are four systems you guys know. There's Panipola. Yeah. And then there's Punyavata. Yep. And then there's Metanar and Magalka, and I always get them confused. There's the ones with Gal and Glazov 5. There's the ones with Cass, Orisiame, and Genus. There's the one with Thapolo. Um, that's when the the Xenonarch clan or whatever, the the things that Micah was looking into um, that were providing things to the Orisimian cool. chancellorship. Cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember some of my lore. Uh, and then there's Demos and Fistos. Like, those yeah. are the separate systems right now. There's another one, I think, that we haven't talked too much about. Jeff, um, but anyway. Next time you 
create an entire universe. You just got to do the thing you did on Fistos to be like the up one is starts with the end. <laughs> you know what? I've never confused Novavox's ever hated Son of Bhutan and Wicca. Neither have I. And yeah. as soon as the moment I realized that on air, that's what you were doing. That like I never did again either. Yeah, it's pretty crazy how your all of your uh, hexes are just like arranged like a keyboard. <laughs> so each one is just like, oh, that's the QWERTY. It's all oh, that's over in the QWERTY section. <laughs> and down here is there's the semicolon. And that would be great. The space bar <laughs> where yes. everyone goes to hang out it, after it is, a hard it is day. Just it, it doesn't have a planet. It is just an asteroid belt with a with a single bar. That is it's like the space, space Vegas. It's like space Vegas. <laughs> exactly. There. What happens in the space bar stays in the space bar. I love that. I love that so much. There's plenty of room. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, probably either Demos or Glazov Five. I'd be fine with going to Glazov Five again. I've got a lot of home base things I want to do. But first. Before any of that, we need to make me not dead. Yeah. You're not dead right now. You're just not. I'm sleeping. You're you're sleeping. I'm sleeping. You're not in, in the, the real world. <laughs> I'm sleeping in the blue. Yeah. All right. Well, that I think marks the end of our third metadimensional episode. Amazing. We'll probably do another one sometime like a year from now when we finish the next <laughs> arc. We'll find out. But um, I think for now. That's where we're going to end today's episode. Cool. <laughs> oh, no. Wow, yes. <laughs> amazing. Here's the outro music, guys. Isn't that awesome? Look at us go. <laughs> so As we fade into the into the, the dulcet. Where's the world? Anyway. Stop before we owe people more. Yeah, see you guys. <laughs> Lost daughter.